hope for all of us dummies here today. And the hope is that God wants to give us wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. God wants to give us wisdom, and He gives us wisdom through His Word, and we have been studying His Word, this incredible book, the smartest book in the whole Bible, the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, and man, we've learned so much about the book of Proverbs, it is a compilation book that's written by so many different authors, but especially by this guy named Solomon, who was known as the wisest man who ever lived, and he gives so much wisdom for his son, but also for every single one of us. And if we really boil Proverbs down to really kind of a key thought, it's the same key thought that has been running through this series that we've said it every single week. In fact, it's going to be on the screen there for you this morning. Why don't you say it aloud with me once again this morning? The key thought is this, the wise life is the best life. Everybody say it again. The wise life is the best life. And here's what we have discovered. We have discovered that it's so much better to live the smart life than it is to live the hard life. And so many times we live the hard life and we think, well, I'll just do my own thing and I'll learn by experience and I'll learn the hard way. But what happens is on the other side of that, we come out all beat up and broken and messed up and all kinds of struggles and stress and strains that God never intended for us to have. But God has given us a better way, a smarter way, a wiser way, God's way. And we have learned that God's way is the best way, that the wise life is the best life. And we have been studying through this in incredible, incredible book, the book of Proverbs. In fact, every single day we've been reading, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and so we just challenge you at the beginning of this series, take one month, and every day for 31 days, just read one chapter. You should be on about chapter 20 or 21, somewhere around there. If you haven't started, you can start now, and it doesn't matter. You don't have to be up with us. Just start right now. It's never too late to get wisdom. Amen? Amen. We have been studying on this, and we've learned some some really incredible stuff about some of the topics of the book of Proverbs. We learned the first week how to live a smart life. Everybody say smart life. We talked about the second week how to have smart money. Then we talked last week about how to have smart emotions. Next week, I'm telling you, you do not want to miss next week. Moms and dads, you want to make sure that you have your teenage sons and daughters here next week. Those of you that have littler ones, you may want to have them go ahead and be in class next week because we're going to be talking about smart sex and we're going to be talking about what the scripture, specifically what the Proverbs say about, about sex, doing sex God's way rather than culture's way. And how many know our culture says a whole lot of different things than what God's word says about sex? I'm just giving you a heads up. You will want to be here next week, but it won't be G-rated. Let me just tell you that, all right? And, and we're going to talk about that. Now, this morning, we're going to talk about something, and I just got to be honest here today. As I was preparing this series, I had actually planned to talk about smart relationships this morning. In fact, I had already started ta- started working on my sermon. I already had my outline, some of the things that I was going to say. And then on Monday morning, I opened up my Bible and I started reading in Proverbs chapter 15. And, and the, there was this theme that began to start sticking out to me. And the Lord started kind of maybe talking to me a little bit as I read Proverbs 15 and verse 1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I'm reading, and in my mind, in my heart, I start feeling like the Lord's telling me, hey, I want you to talk about words. I want you to talk about the power of words. I want you to talk about the things that we listen to and the things that we say. And I thought, well, Lord, 
that sounds good, but I was planning on talking about emotion. I mean, I was planning on talking about relationships. And, you know, and so I just kept reading and got to verse number two. And it said, the tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of a fool gushes folly. And so I said, okay, Lord, maybe you're trying to say something to me, but I already had my outline. It's all prepared ready to go. I was going to talk about relationships. And so I just keep reading. And verse number four says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And I'm like, yeah, but Lord, I was wanting to talk about relationships. (laughs) So I keep reading. Verse number seven says, the lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. And I'm like, I know, Lord, you're telling me something, but I wanted to hear something else. And verse 23 says, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely word. And then verse 26 says, the Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gives gracious, but gracious words are pure in his sight. Verse 28 says, the heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Verse 30 says, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. So today we're going to talk about smart words. You know, I thought about naming this smart mouth, but I figured many of you don't need a sermon on that. You already have that down. You already know how to do that. But what we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about how to be wise with our words. And and here's how we're going to start here this morning. A little audience participation. Need all of you to help me with this today. I'm going to say a phrase and I want you to complete the phrase for me. Everybody out loud. You ready for this? Goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but how many have ever heard that before? Sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many know that is the stupidest, dumbest, most untrue statement that has ever been spoken. Because how many of you this morning, by show of hands today, would say that you have been hurt a time or two by words? Yes, things that people say to us, the words that we speak, the words that we hear are incredibly, incredibly powerful. And every one of us have experienced it. We've experienced times in our life when people have said things that hurt us or said things that may have weighed us down or brought us down. In fact, some of you may even be here this morning and maybe even here today. There are things that were said to you even years and years and years ago that are still affecting your life today because words. Words are incredibly powerful. In fact, this is the point that Solomon is trying to get across to his son and to the readers when he says this in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 21. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there? If you have your LifeGate app, your Bible app, or in your notes here, and why don't you read it aloud with me? Proverbs 19 and verse 21. Look what it says. It says, life and death. Now, we're talking about words, so you're going to have to move your mouth. Let's try this again. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Man, our tongues, this little little piece of flapping flesh has incredible, incredible power. You may say, well, why is the tongue so powerful? Why are our words so powerful? I think there's a whole lot of reasons, but I think one reason that our words might be so powerful is because we use them so much. Isn't it true? In fact, statistics tell us that the average American has 30 conversations in a day, that one-fifth of our life 
is spent speaking. That in one year, you will use enough words to fill up 66 books that are 800 pages in length. Pretty crazy. This sermon just typed out is 3,982 words. That's a lot of talking. How many know what I'm saying? The average man will actually speak 20,000 words a day. The average woman will actually speak 30,000 words a day with bursts up to 125,000. I heard about a man who uh, was upset that his wife always got the last word. And someone said, don't you, aren't you all upset? Your wife always has to get the last word. And finally he just said, no, I'm just happy when she finally gets to it, you know. Maybe those are words that shouldn't be spoken. That's just an example there to you. But our words are powerful, aren't they? Life and death are in the power of our words. In fact, if you're taking notes, write these three things down. That words have the power to create life or death. Number one, spiritually. Everybody say spiritually. How many know that our words have, have eternal implications? In fact, even right now, as I'm speaking words today, there are eternal implications to the words that I speak. Like my words can go to your heart and through the power of the Holy Spirit, it has the power to change your heart, to change your mind, to change your life, even to change eternity as many could even surrender their life to to the Lord today through the power of spoken word. Jesus actually told us that one day we would be judged by our words. In Matthew 12 and verse 37, it says, For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Our words are powerful. The words of others are incredibly powerful. Life and death in the spiritual come through the words that we hear and the words that we speak. Number two, write this down. Physical. You may say, well, that seems like a little bit of a stretch, like sticks and stones can hurt my bones, but words can't hurt me physically. But it's not a stretch, I don't think, to say that our words lead to actions, and actions can actually have physical effects upon our life. I mean, you think about it, a judge or a jury uh, or a jury by their words can either condemn or acquit a person. You think about a doctor can advise for a surgery that can save a person's life. A weatherman can issue a warning that can save lives. Counselors can give hope for suicidal people. Murders many times happen because of arguments and words that were spoken. And our words not only affect the spiritual, but But our words create our world. Our words can actually affect our physical lives. Life and death in the power of our words. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Number three, write this one down. I gave you a little preview there. Emotionally. Our words can affect us emotionally. And I think maybe this is the one that affects us in the greatest way. Because we've all experienced this before, haven't we? Like last week, we talked about how to deal with our emotions and how to be wise with our feelings. And here's the deal, is that so many times the words that others say to us or even the words that we speak ourselves, can have an incredible effect upon the way that we feel. And every one of us have experienced it before. And maybe it's even just somebody says something and maybe it was just inadvertently even like, hey, woke up and you got a new hairstyle and they're like, did you mean to do that to your hair? You know, how many know what I'm saying? You ever had? things like that before like when are you going to get married you know with your age and everything and you're kind of getting you know what i'm talking about and those words man those words can can go 
deep, and sometimes it's even stuff that, that maybe isn't inadvertent. Maybe it's something even deeper than that. Words like, I don't love you anymore. I've found someone else. You're worthless. Why can't you do anything right? Why can't you be more like your brother? And many of you maybe have experienced those words in your life before, words of death in our emotions. But you know what's so incredible is that the power of words are not just for death, but they can also bring life. And every single one of us have experienced that as well. When someone speaks a life-giving word into us, words that can bring help and words that can bring healing, words like, I believe in you, or you are so special, or I'm so proud of you, or I'd marry you all over again, or you're my dream husband, or you're my dream wife, and you're so gifted, and you're an answer to my prayer. And when you hear those words, it brings life to your body, and life to your spirit, and life to your emotions. Words are powerful. Everybody say that with me today. Words are powerful. If words are powerful, then how should we deal with our words? How can we be smart or wise with our words? If words are powerful, I believe we've got to be careful with the words that we hear and with the words that we speak. This morning, what I want to do for the next few minutes is I just want to take a few passages of Scripture in Proverbs as well as in other parts of the Bible today. And I just want us to see three responses to words, three ways that we can deal with the words that we hear and the words that we speak in a wise way today. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first one is this, I will test. Everybody say test. I will test every word that others say about me. Look what Proverbs says in Proverbs 20 and verse 12. It says, ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. The Bible says, hey, God has given you ears to hear and he's given you eyes to see. And these are gifts from the Lord. And here's here's why he gave them to you so that you would use them. He gave you eyes and he gave you ears so that you would use them. But not just so that you would believe everything that you see or believe everything that you hear. But instead that you would test what you hear and you would test what you see. And you would measure it up and you would be careful what you listen to. In fact, that's what the book of Mark says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. Look what it says. It says, consider carefully what? What you hear. The Bible teaches me that I should be careful with the things that I am listening to, that I should test every word that is said about me. And the truth is this morning, you can't control what other people say to or about you, but you can control how you respond to what other people say to and about you. So when words come in our ears, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put them to the test. We're going to test every word that others say about us. You say, well, Pastor, how do we do that? Well, let me just give you a couple of, a couple of quick wisdom tips here this morning for how to test the words of others. The first one is this. Write this down if you're taking notes. Does it line up with what God says? 
When someone says something to me or about me, here's the test that I'm going to measure it against. I'm going to measure it against the truth of God's word. When someone says something about me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, what does God say about me? And I'm only going to listen to and believe those things that line up with God's word. See, someone might say to me, well, you're never going to be good enough. But God's word says to me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I am created in his image. Somebody might say to me, well, you don't have what it takes and you can't do it. But I know that God, God's word says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Oh, you're never going to overcome that weakness that's holding your back, you back. But God's word says I am more than a conqueror through my Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you're never going to amount to anything. But God's word says I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And every word that is spoken to me, I'm going to put it through the test. Does it line up with what God says about about me. And here's the good news this morning. You are not what other people say about you. You are what God says about you. And every word that comes in my ears, I'm going to put it to the test. Does it line up with what God says? In fact, I, I like this little story that I heard about this little family that was teaching this principle to their children. And so from a young age, they began to teach this principle and they played this little game. They would sit down at the dinner table every once in a while and they would write on these little, on these little uh, note cards. They would write things and the name of the game was called Truth or Trash. And so the, the parents would write uh, something on a note card and they would hold it up and the kids had to decide, is that truth or is that trash? And they would hold something up that says, you're worthless and you're not pretty and you're not ugly and they'd say trash and they'd pick it up and they'd ball it up and they'd play a little game, try to shoot it into the trash can and that's trash. And then they'd hold up another little card that would say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And they'd say, that's truth. And I'm going to hold that truth close. Oh, you know, you're never going to be good at anything. Oh, that's trash. And they would ball it up and throw it away. God has a plan for you and you're beautiful in his sight. That's truth. And I'm going to hold it close to my heart. And maybe some of us here this morning, maybe even growing up, maybe you heard some of those words and you need to learn to decipher in your heart what is the difference between the truth of God's word and the trash that others may have spoken over you. And you need to make the decision today that I will test every word that comes before me, every word that is spoken about me, and I will only hold on to and listen to and believe those things that line up with the truth that God has spoken over me. And anything else is trash. And I throw it out. I will test every word that is spoken about me. Does it line up with God's word? Number two, check this one out. Is it true? Everybody say, is it true? Is it true? See, here's the deal. Sometimes people will say stuff to us or about us, and there might be a measure of truth in it. We just didn't want to hear it. And so here's the test that we put everything through. Is what they're saying, is there any truth to what is being said? See, sometimes we even come to church. Sometimes you even hear a sermon like this one, and you go, man, I don't want to hear that, or whatever. And it just doesn't, like, you don't like it, or you don't understand it, or whatever. But here's the deal, is that sometimes God is trying to speak through people truth into your life. And many times we toss out things that God could use to lead us in the direction that he wants us to go. And so here's what we have to decipher. When someone is saying something to us that 
may not even be something that we like to hear. We put it through this filter. We test it. Is it true? And if it's not true, then I just let it just go off my back. But if it is true, then what should I do about it? Maybe I should pay attention. In fact, that's what Proverbs says in Proverbs 4 and verse 20. Look what, look what Solomon says. My son, look what he says. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Here's the deal, is that God wants to give us truth and wisdom for our lives. And many times he'll even speak it through people in our lives. And if we are listening, we can grow in the wisdom if we will turn our ear to truth. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 and verse 15, the way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise do what? They listen to advice. Proverbs 2 and verse 2 says, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Here's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying, We've got to learn to test the words that come into us. And we've got to tune ourselves in. It's like we take the little knob and we tune it in. Is there truth? Is there something that God is wanting to say to me through this? Does it line up with God's word? And is it true? And if it's true, I will tune my ear to find wisdom and understanding. Is it true? Number three, or letter C, look at this. Who is saying it? Here's how we test the words that others say to us and about us. We weigh those words by looking at the character of the person who is saying it. You see, here's what the proverb says in Proverbs 18, verse 13. Spouting off before listening to facts is both shameful and foolish. How many know there are some people that just like to spout off? I mean, know some people like that, right? Like they just like to spout off. And, and, and here's the deal is that, that we test. What, what is somebody saying? We test the character of the person who is saying it. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and verse 2, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their opinions. How I many know there are a lot of people that are like that? Man, they just want to post and say and all whatever they're thinking and whatever just comes out of their mouth. And maybe those are not people that we need to listen to. Instead, what we do is we... We look at the character of the person who is speaking. And if the person who is speaking to me is a person who can be trusted, then if their character can be trusted, then maybe their words can be trusted. It may not be what I like to hear, but it might be something that will be good for me. I consider the source, and when the source can be trusted, the words can be trusted. That's what the scripture says in Proverbs 27 and verse 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Here's the deal, is that people who really love us will tell us the truth, even when we don't want to hear it. And if we know that they love us, then we will listen, even though we don't like it, and even though it doesn't feel good. Because enemies multiply kisses. Enemies people and all the stuff we want to hear, but the people who love us will tell us the truth even when we don't want to hear it. We're going to test every word. Look what it says in Proverbs 27 and verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Every word that is spoken, I'm going to put it through this test. Does it line up with God's word? Is there truth to it? Who is it that is speaking it to me? What is their character? Letter D, look at this one. How many people are saying this? Now, this is not a foolproof method for testing the words that you hear because the truth is that if a whole bunch of people are saying something, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, right? Like, it's just like your mommy used to say, if everybody jumps off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge? No, 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 no. But here's the deal. If my pastor is saying this and my parents are saying this 
and my friends are saying this, and people that love me are saying something to me, maybe I ought to open my ears and listen. Like if one person's saying something, okay. But if I'm hearing it from multiple sources of people that can be trusted and people that I know they love me, then maybe I ought to open my ears and listen to what they are saying. In fact, the Proverbs tells us this in Proverbs 11 and verse 14, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won by many. Look at this word, many advisors. Here's what we're going to do with our words. We're going to test every word that others say about us. So everybody say, test every word. Number two, look at this. We're going to trust every word that God says about us. See, here's the thing, is that people will say stuff about us all the time. But how many know what God says is more important than what anybody else says? That His words are more important than our words. In fact, it is by His words that this world came into existence. That's what it says in Psalms 33 and verse 9. For He spoke and the world began. It appeared at His command. Like, it is through His words that we can be saved. The Bible says in John 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was made with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. And without Him nothing was made, and that happened has been made and in him was what was life and that life was the light of all mankind and that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome God's words are so powerful that through his word this earth was formed that through his word we can find salvation that through his word we can be healed the Bible says in Psalm 107 and verse 20 that he sent his word and healed them and rescued them from the grave God's words are the most powerful words and we should listen to God's words and we should trust God's word above any other word in fact that's what Proverbs says in Proverbs 30 and verse 5 it says the word of God is what is flawless we may not always like what the word says we may not always understand what the word says, but we know that the word of God is true. And so we will listen to and trust every word that God says about us. And we will make this decision that we're not going to trust what our mind says. We're not going to trust what our heart says. We're not going to trust what our feelings say. We're not going to trust what the culture says. We're not going to trust what the circumstances say. But instead, we are going to every single time, even when we don't like it, even when we don't understand it, we are going to trust God's word as the authority of our lives. Here's the deal is so many times what we wind up doing is we wind up trusting more in what our mind says or what our feelings say or what the circumstances around us say or what the culture is saying and we put our trust in that rather than putting our trust in what God is saying to us and about us. And here's, here's the, the thing that speaks the loudest to us. It's our minds. It's the words that we say to ourselves in our hearts and in our minds. And so many times our minds are, are filled with doubtful thoughts, doubtful words. Our minds are filled with critical and negative words. And here's what we've got to learn to do. We've got to learn to fill our minds 
with God's word, and we've got to learn to speak God's word over every single area of our life. We speak God's word over our circumstances. We speak God's word over our feelings. We speak God's word over those things, those thoughts and those words that come into our mind, and we trust his word above and beyond any other word. It's almost like a little little Stuart Smalley theology. Anybody remember Stuart Smalley? Remember like the old Saturday Night Live days? Remember he, what he would do is he'd sit in his little chair, has a little cardigan on, and whenever he would feel down or whatever, he'd look into the mirror. You remember what he'd say? Because I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. You remember that? Like some of us need a little Stuart Smalley, but, but not so much Stuart Smalley theology, a little bit more Jesus Christ theology, that we begin to speak the words to ourselves. But some of us, maybe even in the morning, we need to get into the mirror, and we need to look into the mirror, and we need to tell ourselves, I'm not going to believe what I feel today. I'm not going to believe what my circumstances say today. I'm not going to believe what my heart is saying. I'm not going to believe what I'm seeing in culture when I'm on Facebook and I'm listening to the radio and everything that's around me. But instead, I'm going to speak God's word in my life, and I'm going to trust His word above anything else in my life. I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough and doggone it God loves me Jesus said it like this in Mark 11 and verse 23 if anyone says to this mountain look at this says to this mountain go throw yourself into the seas and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will happen it will be done for him look at this this is this is the power of our words the power of our self speak and many of us here's what we need to do we need to change our self words to God's words. Many of you are here today and you're facing a mountain in your in your finances. You're facing a mountain in your relationships. You're facing a mountain in your marriage. And maybe what you need to do is you need to begin to speak to that mountain. You need to speak truth to that mountain. Speak God's word to that mountain. And instead of believing the circumstance or the mountain that's in front of you, you begin to believe and speak God's word over every single circumstance and every single part of your life. That you decide that you're not going to listen to anything else, but you are going to trust God's word for your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about some name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. How many know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about, hey, God said I'm going to have a Rolex and I'm going to have a Rolex. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about there is power in our words and there is power that comes through the words that we say and the words that are in our heart and the words that are in our mouth. And we fill our words with God's word and we trust every word that God says about us. I'm going to test every word that others say about me. I'm going to trust every word that God says about me. Number three, check this one out. I'm going to take every opportunity. Everybody say every opportunity. I'm going to take every opportunity to speak life-giving words into others. If our words are so powerful, if every one of us here have been affected by the words that others have said to us, then shouldn't we be people who are life givers in the words that we speak? Shouldn't we make a commitment that we would be people who would speak every opportunity that we would speak life-giving words to those around us, to our family, to our children, to our friends, to our church family, that every time our mouth opens, that it would be words of life and not words of death. 
And I'll be honest here this morning, it's not easy to do. I mean, no, it's not easy. Because there are times when, man, you get angry. And when you get angry, what happens? You want to speak angry words, like yell at the kids, kick the dog. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there are times, there are times when, man, your feelings get hurt and you want to lash out. Or you, you feel you're having a bad day and you want to speak negative, critical words. There are times when you hear that juicy gossip and you just can't wait to spread it around and tell everybody else. But we make a commitment today that we will be a people who will only speak words of life in our family, in our relationships, to our kids, to our friends, at our work, everywhere that we go. May we be people who are only guilty of speaking positive, life-giving words words to every circumstance around us. And the Bible gives us a great rule of thumb, actually kind of a rule of tongue on this. Look what it says in Ephesians 4 and verse 29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but look at this, but only what is what? What is helpful for building others up according to their needs that they may benefit those who listen. May we be a people who live this rule in our life, that we only speak things that build others up, that we would only speak words that are helpful, that words that are life-giving. The Proverbs talks about this benefit over and over and over in the words that we say in Proverbs 15, 23. It says, everyone enjoys giving good advice and how wonderful it is to be able to say the right thing at the right time. How many of you have ever just had somebody say the right thing at the right time? That's what I'm talking about. Proverbs 12 and verse 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords. We've all experienced that. But look what it says. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 12 and verse 25 says, Anxiety weighs a heart down, but a kind word cheers it up. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb home, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs 10 and verse 21 says, the words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Over and over and over and over, the scripture tells us to be wise with our words, that if we have wisdom, we will speak words that are life-giving, and we will make the commitment today that we will take every opportunity to speak life-giving words to those around us. You know, I've made this commitment before and I find myself falling backwards. Anybody ever felt that before? And I'm making my uh, commitment once again this week as I've prepared this and studied this that, hey, here's a commitment you can make. If you think something good, just say it. Because you know, here's what we do so many times is that we might think an encouraging word, we might think something about someone, and then we get busy or we get distracted or something happens and we never say those words that we were thinking. And here's the commitment that, that every one of us here this morning, we could just make this commitment that if you think something good, just make the time to say it. Maybe it's I send a text message. Maybe it's I write a note. Maybe it's I send a little thing on Facebook. Or, or maybe it's a face-to-face that when I think something encouraging, I just, I just decide I'm going to actually not just think it and keep it to myself, but I'm going to speak it out because words bring life. Your words could bring life to someone who is struggling, someone who is down, someone who is in need. You know, I, I tried to do this just recently with some with another family in the church, and I just, I had this thought. I thought, you know, when I pray for people to come to LifeGate, I pray for people like that to come to LifeGate. So I just decided, I'm going to tell them, you know what, when I pray for people to be a part of LifeGate, I pray that they'll be people like you. I decided to do that with my daughter the other day. It was her birthday. 
And so I wrote her a little note, and I said, you know what, Addie, if there was all the little girls in the world that were lined all up, and I only got a chance to choose two, I would choose you, and I would choose your sister out of all the little girls in the world. I had to make sure I said two, because I got two little girls. And what difference could it make in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in your relationships with people at work, if instead of, instead of speaking negative, critical, all that kind of, instead of, hey, I'm going to keep that stuff to myself. The Bible says he who holds his tongue is wise. I'm going to keep that stuff to myself, but here's what I'm going to do. Every time I think something positive or something encouraging, I'm going to speak. I'm not just going to think it and let it bring life to me. I'm going to, I'm going to bring it from my mind to my mouth. I'm going to speak it out so that it can bring life into someone else. What could that do in your marriage? When you, when you think, oh, man, my wife is awesome. If you actually said, babe, you're awesome. I think you are amazing. What could happen with your kids if you actually said those things? What could happen in your relationships with your friends? What could happen in our church if we would make a commitment that we will be a people who will test every word that is said about us and we will trust what God says about us and we will take every single opportunity to speak life-giving words to those who are around us. Our words are so powerful. They create the world. Your words create your world. And if you would become a person who would be wise. See, I tell you, I tell you, when I see marriage problems, every single time, I can point to probably one thing, dumb words that are being said. When I see families that are struggling with their teenage kids or whatever, so many times I can, I can point to that one thing, words, dumb words that are being said. When I see relationship struggles, so many times you can point right to that one thing, words. But guess what? What would happen if we would begin to speak smart words, wise words, positive words, encouraging words, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. In fact, that's what, that's what Hebrews tells us to do. In Hebrews 3 and verse 13, it says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another, what? Daily, as long as it is called today. Daily, every single day that we wake up and we make a commitment. I will be an encourager. I will speak 